listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All are current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. So I heard an ugh, and you know what I'm starting to realize? Like, I've it's been in there forever, but now I'm starting to hear it, is when Gerard's like, Mike Turek, Gerard Cuomo... Emily Yates and Kelsey Coons. <laughs> oh, great! Now, now I have to yeah, you definitely no. like over enunciate my name, but I just figured it's because it's the last it's, name. It's it's be, no, it's because it's no, no, it's because it's it's two cuh sounds. You know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it sounds great. No. But it's hilarious that now I'm starting to pick that up, and it's like, oh yeah, Kelsey Coons. <laughs> all right, well, it's all right, Gerard. You're just yeah. gonna hand over the uh, the new recording to Emily, and we're nope. gonna get podcast. There we go. Again. Nope. Perfect. Never again. You're listening to the Medical Materials Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's all right. We're it's just a gonna... wicked. It's a wicked smart podcast. <laughs> We're just going to have Kelsey do it because she seems to be the only one. Yeah, that can my do homies in, in Southie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. Just hand it over yeah, to Kelsey. Right? She could do all right. of the over reading. Oh, we didn't know she was from Boston. No, she's not. <laughs> oh, fabulous. So, guys, if you Yo, do. Excise that picture and put that in, by the way. I just sent it to you. Oh, yes. Yes, you did. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you're you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you watch, if watched, if you listened to last episode, uh, it was one of our longer episodes. However, I, as I said in the end of it, our conversation that we were having was, you know, one that needs to <coughs> be had. I think more frequently. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, have the conversations in the back of bays when they're frustrated with how EMS works and, you know, they're not in a position where they can change much. Um, and it, you know, this gives a platform like, you know, we're, we're now really, really close. Like we're, we're nine, like 9,950 some odd downloads of this show. So like, you know, the 10,000 download mark is humongous, but think about that reach like we have global reach, we have international reach with this show, and I know. Like, so would you say we have a reach around? Well, yeah, right. You Woo-hoo. would. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, you Thank know, you. You Thank would, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you would think that some of the ideas that we, you know, talk about on this show get to somewhere. Whether they're ever instituted, that would be something that I would love to know, but. You know, maybe somebody's sitting there going, you know, in, in, in an administrative role or in a board member role or something where they could be like, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, maybe I should look into this going forward in the future, you know, because we lay out a lot of things that are very unpopular to talk mm-hmm. about on this show, especially with at like 
admin. You know, like yeah. I could I I'm sure there are admins that hear about what we say and they're like, fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. then change Thank what you. we're doing. Right. Like change yeah. the direction of the monstrosity that is EMS business. You know, like I did a whole presentation on EMS culture in the last um, conference that I went to solely because we need it, you know, and, and uh, it was funny. And I don't know if I said this out loud, but like I did two presentations in that, um, in that conference. The first one was just an airway presentation that had like 45 people in it. I did the culture one and there was seven and that, that was completely and utterly expected by me. Mm-hmm. I figured, right. no, maybe I'll have less. I thought seven was like, wow, I pulled a crowd. <laughs> right. like, I thought this was like, damn. Famous. Seriously. And, you know, because it was a conference where I'm not really known, you know, like nobody's like, oh, that's Turk, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll go out and see him. No, it was just, we're going to talk about business and different things that we could do as EMS in our business to change the way we run. And there were a couple of administrators there. There were a couple of board members there and they all were like, you know, one of them came up in particular and they were like, you know, I thought I was crazy. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, we started implementing some of these things that you were talking about a few years ago. And everybody was just like bash, 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 bash. And we thought about like reverting and I'm like, don't revert. Like this is the future. Do don't let them bash you down, bash you down. You are on the the right track. Hold that line. Exactly. Hold that line. And I think it's going to take a lot more EMS professionals to be brave in an administrative spot to start rocking the boat. And ultimately that's what we're going to talk about today. I kind of had a, a, a discussion planned that was going to go in a in a little bit different direction than what Gerard put us on, but I think ultimately they're going to tie together and we're going to talk about both uh, throughout today. I mean, the today. thing that we put up last time and people are probably still asleep from? <laughs> I don't think they're still asleep. I think that was a riveting episode. There was a lot to talk uh, about in that episode. Yeah, um, I didn't realize how much time had passed. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, but that's okay. I got a fist. Same. <laughs> It is what it is. Uh, So, Kelsey, let's get your rig check out of the way, and uh, then we'll start. So, guys, the first thing that we're going to ask of you is to share our Facebook and Instagram posts. If you have any more content that you want to see or new ideas, we're definitely open to the idea, especially, like, you know, my personal favorite is Friday Trivia. Just kind of keeps, like, you know, something, maybe something I do know, maybe something I don't know, um, and just basically keeps, like, you know, even just scrolling through social media and maybe downtime at work, but I'm at work on Friday. Well, that pops my head in just a little bit more that, you know, always be keeping in mind on continuous education. So if you have something that you want to know or want to see, definitely let us know. But we really are asking you to help us spread our EMS education and help share medic materials just by sharing any of the posts that you love that you want to continue seeing. We're also going to be shouting out our listeners in Idaho and Taiwan today. So thank you guys for listening and supporting us. Potatoes. Potatoes and what does Taiwan produce? Other than like uh, electronics, lots of electronics. Mm, yeah, that's that. So, pot- so they're supporting the uh, science project with the potatoes to light up a light bulb and actually making electronics to light up a light bulb. Bingo! Yeah. Bingo! Well played. 
well yeah. paired together. That's and they're also perfect. freedom loving people, so they're they're good people. Yep, yep. I love getting like when I'm looking at the map. This this is ultimately my secret on how I pick these for Kelsey. I go, okay, I'm looking at the map. What are the most two opposite places? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'll pick like Florida and then like oh. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> something something completely opposite because it's like what does idaho have anything to do with taiwan <laughs> well we made right. a connection jokes on you yep jokes on me um so guys, shout out to east timor <laughs> <laughs> so i posed to you guys we so in case those that weren't you know listening the last episode it do was better. it was right First it one. was our longest episode uh in encroaching the 90 minute mark but again it was really good information and we started talking all about like where our culture went wrong in producing and i would say um protecting and uh creating a lazy ems professional whether that yeah. be, you know, through they just look at calls and go, back, I don't got to do shit. Or, oh, my God, somebody called. Right. <laughs> or, you know, they, they look at it as, oh, my God, somebody called. Or however they do. I want to turn that into this question. And I'm sure this will all tie through. But I want to talk specifically about the excitable provider so what was that word again excitable okay that's not what you said but okay okay um i heard excitable so i don't know what you're doing oh, I, I, heard, I, heard ex- I heard excitable i excited it oh sorry i'll dig myself <laughs> if, I, if that's what yeah. i said i didn't mean it um, that is what you said <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> people are like what um so yeah i want to talk about the excitable provider in that we see so often in our business the people that may be doing it for the right reasons, may be good providers, but they cannot keep a lid mm-hmm. on their um, you know, anxiety and their um, you know, emotional connection to the call. In that, like, you you hear a bad call go out on a radio, right? And you're listening to dispatch. And next thing, the ambulance is answering up, and they sound like they're freaking out just driving there, right? And then you get there, and they're freaking out when they're on scene, and then they get the patient in the back of the ambulance. They drive freaked out all the way to the ER, and then they sit there, and they're like, yeah, that was the best call ever. Like, we did great. It's like... Did you? But did you? Right? Where do you, like, first off, where do you think this, you know, high excitability comes from? And are we, like, what I really want to get into is are we specifically teaching it? Or are we not teaching enough to, like, get people out of it? Because it's really hard to calm somebody down to sit there and go, okay, you know what? Really bad things are going to happen. We're going to go lights and sirens. It's going to be chaos. You know, we can we can put a lid on it and we can all just chill. 
But, like, you hear the people calling out on the radio. They're already freaked out. Like, you know that's not going to be a good scene. Mm-hmm. If they're freaking out just driving there because of whatever they heard Before on the radio. They get there. Right. It's not going to be good. And mistakes are going to make and, you know, ma- are, are going to be made. And patient care is going to suffer ultimately. And then we just look bad because we're coming in trying to be the calm. And we're fiddle fucking with the radio because we can't even put it back in the its slot because our hands are shaking. We're going crazy. We're yelling at dispatch. Where do you guys think this is all coming from? Is it the culture or is it something else? The long pause um, of thought. I'm looking at Emily. I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can talk. <laughs> okay, paramedic student. The floor is I yours. Feel like, I feel like there's not, like, one specific thing. Um, but I feel like, just to start, like, I feel like, you know, you get into it because, like, oh, I want to save lives and blah, blah, blah. Or, like, I, you know, you know, think of, like, the classic fire tissue. We run in when you run out. Like, everybody has this, like, idealistic view of, like, what first responders do And it's the same thing, like, you go through medic school and, like, they give you the hardest of the hardest scenarios. And I get it, you have to be prepared for those. And then you get into your ride time and it's like, wow, this is an ALS light call. Like, they they need a line and I'm just here just in case. Like, so I feel like a lot of it is, like, we all have this idealistic view going into things. And, like, even, you know, you've been an EMT for 15 years, and now I'm going to go be a paramedic. Well, paramedics get to do all this big, bad stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. And then you then you get your ALS light call. So, like, there's this view of what everything should be when those, you know, your MCIs, your really sick patients are your 1 in 10, your 1 in 100 versus your every single call. And, you know, you could be the biggest black cloud in the world, and every patient you walk in and is on the verge of dying. And I'm really sorry for you because you don't even get a chance to send anything DLS. But we do have that idealistic view of, like, we're going to be doing all this life-saving stuff. And then I almost feel like it's, like, a pent-up, like, oh, I've picked up an old lady ten times. And now I'm finally going to that really, really bad diff breather. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, this is it. This is my chance. This is what I've been training for. You know, I could see that point of view. Yeah, I can, too. That really does make sense. And, you know, you have to fault the education department on that. Like, you have to fault the way we But we you teach. also can't because if you don't train for those high-level scenarios, then the minute you get right. one, your providers are all going to fall flat on their face. Well, no, well, no, no, no. I'm saying that- – And that's exactly what ride time is for is to do all those, like, ALS light calls, the boring, you know, quote-unquote boring calls, ones that you don't deem an emergency but that patient did. Right, but at the same time, do we sufficiently practice the BLS – to BLS light call, like ALS light call, whatever, or do we always practice they are dying, right? Because even at the BLS level, right, you think about the trauma assessment, right? They have things in there that the BLS provider can aid with but not fix. Flailed chests, right? Uh, Tracheal deviations, And then they'll have, like, a broken leg. Okay, cool. We can bag, we can't dart, and we can splint. Okay, cool. But is that successfully helping the BLS provider? Because 
every trauma assessment is now life or death to them because we have given them 50 trauma assessments that are all, I need a paramedic to just get this, to get through this because I can't do anything life-saving. When we look at medical calls, right? What's the free, I need a paramedic. Why? Because their sugar is 12 or their sugar's 400. I can't fix that, right? Oh, hey, uh, they're really bad diff breather. I can give an albuterol treatment, but they're not getting any better. So I need a paramedic to do X, Y, and Z. Or, hey, we're giving them a chest pain and it's a STEMI, but they just don't know it's a STEMI. So they give aspirin and nitro. And it's like, we, the only things that we do, even at the BLS level, is train them specifically for the one in a hundred life-saving actual call. Right. That we don't train them for, yeah, you know, my chest is kind of hurting. I might have overdone it, you know, whatever. Oh, hey, I pulled a chest muscle, like, whatever. We don't train for that. Right. We train specifically to fit the narrative that we are we are giving in lecture. That's like we're learning about ACS. So now we're lab instructing towards ACLS, right? To reinforce what the lecture is. But we're not lecturing about, hey, grandma's gonna call you sixteen times in a year because she's got chest pain from anxiety. And all you need to do is get her to slow down your breathing, get her to talk to you, make her some breakfast, and then she'll sign off and be completely okay. We don't But also that. I would like to rebuttal that with if you continuously give people an easy out, knowing the people we work with and the people that gravitate towards this career field, if you give people an easy out, they will take it. I'm not saying 70% of the time, but I'm not saying give them an easy out. I'm saying incorporate it, right? I'm not saying give them. Don't okay, focus but how many on providers the life-saving specifically stuff. using your anxiety case. Like, oh, well, it's just anxiety. Again. And then they have a massive STEMI. But part of that is I think that you need to do a better job teaching your everyday assessment. My medical assessment is going to be the same on every, it's going to start the same on every single patient until I can identify something to guide my treatment plan. Yeah. So like, you know, I kind of agree with them in the fact that like, oh, okay, well you have a chest pain. Well, all the chest pains in EMT class are crushing that go radiate down the left arm. They're all diaphoretic and pale. They're right. all have some shortness of breath. But like, what about the 50 year old that has chest pain that comes and goes you know, right. they were walking the dog and it was there, but now it's not. And how many BLS providers are afraid to pull the trigger on like aspirin or assist with their nitro? Because that's not a scenario that they're familiar with. Right. And, th and that's what I'm saying in the fact that we have to get better in our instruction in that we're, we, we need to get away from cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. We need to get away from these are the only signs and symptoms you will ever see. Just because the lecture backs it up doesn't mean that that is what as Gerard always puts, the real Ville is going to give you. Like, we can say all day long, oh, hey, you know, um, your female patients are going to present this way in, in a cardiac case. But They're then, all going to have belly pain. Right. Or but, maybe they have belly pain for a GI issue. Yeah, right. Right. And, and I think it, it also goes back to what we, another thing we've, we've talked about, you know, many times, and that is, 
you know, we bill this as this, you know, life-saving, you know, save a life every day, you know, type of career. And you come in with that expectation. And then we train them to have that expectation along with it. And we don't say, hey, you know what, we're, we basically are going to do a lot of picking up, putting down, and taking people to hospitals that, you know, sometimes they need it, sometimes they don't. But, you know, yeah, the, the rare occasion that, you know, what you do is going to make a difference is, you know, it's something we train for all the time, which it, it, you have to because when that happens, yeah, you want things to be automatic. You don't want to have to sit and think about shit. But, yeah, it, it's kind of like we're our own worst enemy. Uh, right from the get-go when people first walk in and say, I want to be an EMT. Yeah, it's almost like um, I think you're you're right in the fact that we have, you know, we've talked about that mentality of changing the way we we market EMS, right? It's the same thing right. with, with fire, you know? Oh, man, you're going to be a fireman. You're going to be fighting all these. No, you're not. Like, you're not going to be fighting fires all that well. often. But right? look at how many people go into like career fire and then they bitch about doing the EMS side of it. And right. like, that's the majority of your job. Yep. So I, you marketed I, that to going I, into fighting all these great fires and like, you're going to do that 5% of the time exactly. and then you're going to bitch the other 95% of the time. Right. And, and yeah, I literally have three friends that, you know, they went paid fire and you, if you ask them, they'll be honest with you that they'll, they'll tell you straight up, you know, I fucking hate EMS. I don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah. But they're paramedics. Exactly. Right. But at the same point, you know, with the way science and technology are, fires are going down every year. So every year they're going to get less and less and less. And they're going to be going to fire alarm activations with no fire. And they're going to be going to more medical calls because the doors have to stay open. And that's the only way that these fire departments are going to make money is they're right. going to be doing EMS calls. Right, and, and there's that whole accountability thing where, you know, the the corporate culture of, you know, I would say from the, I'm not going to lump everybody in because I don't know, you know, everybody's system, but the systems that I have, people that I know and are, you know, I'm friends with uh, that work in these paid fire departments, you know, their corporate culture is one of, like, no accountability for providing the shittiest fucking care on earth. Nobody cares. Uh, you know, they, they get away with everything. Um so and they, they'll fine. taste it up like, yeah, fucking, I just fucking wrote that shit in, fucking, yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do anything. Nope. Um, and, yeah, there, I, yeah, I mean, there, there has to be something to say about, you know, forcing someone to do a job they don't want to do, especially when it comes to a job that involves, you know, life and death kind of stuff. But is uh, it, like, you know, we all, again, is it? on the provider. And I think this comes to, to our culture as well, right? If we hate what we do, why are we still doing it? Right? Is it easier for us as a culture of moaning and complaining about everything? Right? We moan and complain literally about everything in EMS because it's built into the culture, right? We don't have a culture of, Okay, bitch and moan outside of work. You bitch and moan while you're at work about work. <laughs> right? 
because that's your downtime, right? Instead of doing the CME on the computer that's going to make you smarter and better, you're going to sit in the bay and you're going to bitch and moan about the call that somebody else did three weeks ago that you could have done better, but you weren't there to do it better because everyone else sucks and you're the best. That's what we do. Well, I mean, to a certain extent, it, I think it's just the way the human nature is because, I mean, yeah, I've been in a career field where, where the same, same thing, we'll pitch and complain about everything. Just people pitch, pitch and complain. That's what we do. Understandable. And, uh, but, at the, you know. but at the same point, do we heighten this because of the field that we're in? Like everybody in EMS, because it's a very alpha dominated field, everyone thinks that they're the fucking goat. Right. There's no there's nobody that I mean, there are people that are very humble in this business, but the vast majority think that they are the greatest of all time to ever lace up a pair of EMS boots and provide care, whether they're the shittiest or whatever. But like you could sit there and look at all of the alpha dominated industries and they're all like that. Gerard, when you were a pilot, were you the goat? I was shit. I was God's gift to aviation. Exactly. Right? Because it's it's in that profession, right? Look at cops. Yeah, it, They're the best cop ever. Look at firemen. I'm the best fireman ever, right? These very high alpha level jobs, they come with that mentality of I'm just the greatest ever and you can't touch me. And I, But I can also say that, yeah, um, even in my former life, the you know, the, the level of bitching and complaining is about on par with where we're at in EMS. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you ever want to, you know, to find out the truth, you ask a mechanic, you know, how much do pilots bitch and complain about stuff? Yep. And, you know, get out a pen and, you know, free up some time because you're going to be there a while. <laughs> but you know, I wonder, I wonder how often other professions are not so much complaining because I get I think that Gerard hit that it's kind of universal. Yeah. But like how often does you know the you know the like accountant that's sitting at you know the Walmart during tax season go, I'm the fucking best accountant ever. Like I wonder like how how they do that. Like my dad was a was a programmer for IBM for 37 years. Right? He led multi hundred million dollar operations for mainframes for all different sorts of like companies, countries, like right. humongous contracts. And he would be like, "Yeah, I I don't fucking know everything." Like, that's why I have people. He didn't sit around going, yep, I'm the best computer programmer ever. Well, is is it a, is it a, you know, do you see that culture in other things? I would be really intrigued to see that. But look at, I, look at that culture in other healthcare fields. You know, like we all know a dickbag doctor, but do you think that most doctors are like, I'm the best doctor in the world? No. Yeah. Like, that is not true. Look at nurses. Sure, you get some that are like, oh, well, I'm t- totally better than you. But if you look at a nurse to another nurse. But where are they? They're in those alpha level positions. They're in the ICU. They're in the ER. They're in the OR. But even That's in the typically ER, where you see all of the, the caddy, you know, nurse and doctors playing like I'm better than everyone else. You don't see the podiatrist sitting there, you know, with his family practice going, I'm the best. 
But even if you look at the ER versus EMS, like it's way more prominent in EMS. Where no, did I, we I get think... that in our heads? Right. That we're I, honestly, God's I... gift to earth. I feel like this also goes back to like the discussion we had on the last episode where we were like, you know, we're all working too many hours, blah, blah, blah. Like whether it's right or not, people that work in EMS generally tend to eat, sleep, breathe EMS. They go from one job to sleeping at the station because there's not enough time between that job and coming in at 6 a.m. for the next job. Yeah, and I, it's I think I... almost like I wonder if you think you are God's gift to EMS because you don't know anything else. Because you're an accountant, you work your 9 to 5, you go home. You have something else. When that's all you've got, I mean, you can be the best tap dancer in the world, but if you work EMS, nobody knows. Well, see, I, would, I would even go a step further and say I think it's the lack of accountability. I think in the other fields, like, you know, doctors, they're held to account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's peer review, there's stuff like that. You know, that's same with nurses. For, for EMS, there's no accountability. It's, you you know, you can be the shittiest fucking asshole, take, do the shittiest job. You can be like the one we talked about last, uh, you know, the last call, you know, just basically BLS a call in as a paramedic and then come back and no one's going to say, hey, you're a fucking moron. Right. You're going to come back and they're going to go, okay, great. Here, here's another call for you and uh, we'll see you next week. And picture that in QI when you get a QI flag and they're like, oh, this fucking dickbag flagged me. Like, what? Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. How dare you yeah. look at me and question go, me. I, yeah. you're right, and even question, question my... Even when I used to do QI on a provider level, and just to say something like, hey, I see you did this, like, cool thought process, what were you thinking? Just because I was thinking something else, and I'm truly curious what you were thinking. Right. And right. boom, you're attacked. Yeah. Right. It's And it's let's be honest. Unbelievable. What, what repercussion is there, for, you know, for QAQI? I mean, it's... Nothing. That's pretty much it. It's ha- a Handled job. via email discussion. Right. Done. Right. You know, and, and hey, you know, you it, like, killed this patient. Uh, you know, you were on scene for 20 minutes. You didn't do a damn thing. The patient died on you. What? Uh, what's going on? Well, uh, it is what it is. I, Send. Not even that. Okay. You know. Yeah. K. K. Period. K. Yeah. Okay. Period. Whatever. Whatever it might be. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, and again, is it the expectation, right? So, like, we said, I think it all, I, I think literally, up in a an epiphany moment is everything come down to expectation, right? So we set as a industry, we have set the expectation that we want alpha providers, right? We want the grizzled people that can handle all these traumas and nastiness and the worst calls you'll ever see in your entire life. We want those people. And then we give these grizzled people hand-holding with grandma. And it's like, well, that wasn't the expectation. Go fuck yourselves. I I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to do shit that I see on Lone Star 911. You mean real life is not Chicago Fire? Right. Like, I want to fucking, you know, crike somebody with a pen. That's what I want to (laughs) do. Right? Be that hero. So we've set that expectation in the wrong direction, yeah. right? But we've also, at an agency level, we've set the expectation to, great, you're hired. Crickets after that. Now what, right? No. Where's the investment? You know, the investment for EMS is not just cash flow. Like, we, how many, you know... Seeing somebody that is struggling or excitable or whatever 
you need to intervene as a manager, as an agency, and go, hey, is there something going on at home? I've seen a change. Like, your care level's gone down. Something going on at home that we can help you with. Yeah, like, how can we help? Right. Is is it is it mental? Are you just struggling with something? Can we sit you down with the doc and our education guy and go over some stuff? Like, you, everyone thinks that education is punitive in EMS. Oh, it drives me insane. Why? And, and we've set that expectation. Um, I do want to point out, like, that. I mean, we all suck as individuals at holding ourselves accountable. And, like, you know, in your idea, you know, you want administration to reach out. But, like, sure, some smaller agencies, like, one of these, I work at, I have dinner with my boss every every Tuesday night that I work a shift. And, like, how frequent does that happen? Because I don't think it's more administration reaching out and being like, hey, I noticed that, you, you know, something's been going on. Because they might have 100 providers there in charge of and no offense like that one little minor detail that is your world but you're shoving down and it's like a little thing like I don't know maybe you didn't say good morning that morning okay whatever or you you came in five minutes late they might not notice that sort of thing but like we work together every day when you start having a set partner you do notice that thing so yeah it might not be administration reaching out but we as providers should reach out to our partners or our coworkers, because we're going to notice that way before it becomes a big enough issue for administration to. Do we like our partners enough to do that though? Like that's the thing. Like how many partners truly love working together? Like I could say that the, the best partner I've ever had in my entire life is Emily's husband. Corey. <laughs> Mine too. Like literally, like literally yeah, but you know the best like, partner. Even I if ever you had. don't like them, it's not for your benefit. I don't, you know, Sure, they might be going through something, but you're also in, you know, doing patient care and everything. And something like they're having a bad day and you're in the back could end up in an ambulance accident that kills you, the patient, and your partner. So it might make you slightly uncomfortable and you might not necessarily like them, but it's not necessarily a bad thing to say something. So this kind of just popped into my head thinking about, you know, it's not just you. And not to, not to like completely rewrite this subject, but. Are, have we as an industry redefined patience? And what I mean by that is have we dehumanized the patient oh, yeah. into just, oh, fuck yeah. yep, yep, whatever. Carcass. Yeah. Yep. Like body, yep. no soul, not a person. It's just a run. It's just a job. Yes. It's a bill, like whatever. Well, I think that's medicine as a whole, though. I mean, how many patients do we get that the doctor's like, that they're like, yeah, my doctor, you know, didn't have time to explain this to me. Yep. Well, I'm not, I, you know, again, I'm we're not in a unique spot us. where we get one-on-one patient time and, you know, you get that new COPD or her calls because she's slightly out of breath and she doesn't know how to turn her new O2 tank that they gave her on. And we get that opportunity to have that one-on-one contact with these people and actually explain the things that nobody else, you know, can make time for, whether it's right or wrong. But that's unique, right? Mm-hmm. That's what no makes EMS No other unique. business in medicine has that aspect of their job. You don't see, you know, the hospitals running around one-on-one for an hour here and there doing whatever. We are the only medical job that does that. Why aren't we looking at that and going, 
that's where our future is. Exactly. Like looking at that and going, you know what? That is the biggest positive that anyone in the history of jobs could have ever thrown at EMS. Let's take it. I will throw your uh, I will throw your father-in-law under the bus for this one. We had just had a discussion actually the other day and he basically was like, "What you tell the doctor dictates their treatment plan." Because you are the only person, you or you know, you and an EMT or whatever system you're working in are the only people that get to spend, even if you're, you know, say at a super busy city agency where you're five minutes from the hospital, you're still probably going to spend anywhere between five and 15 minutes. That's still three more minutes at five minutes that the doctor was going to spend. We get to dictate when we drop people off the entire outcome of what their treatment plan is just based on how we turn patients over and what yep. we did during our care. Yeah, and do you really think that they're going to take a patient seriously when you're like, back, yep, I, it was supposed to be LS, but I just brought it in, but I didn't really do right. anything. Right. Do you think that they're now going to take that seriously, or are they going to take it more seriously when you come in prepared, when you come in knowledgeable, when you're you know, when you don't look like a fucking schlub at three o'clock in the morning with your boots all undone and your pants untucked and fuck you look like, I'm sorry. The doctors don't look like that at 3am. Why do you, you know, your accountant, if they met you at three o'clock in the morning, they wouldn't look like that. Right. Why do you? So like it, it doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense to me. You know? I think even you think you just hit on something that I hadn't even thought about until just now, and I don't think really anyone's really thought about, but or maybe they have. I don't know. You know me in my own little world, but uh, <laughs> how we dress. I mean, we're wearing fucking you know we we call them EMS pants, but they're 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 BDUs. We wear fucking you know EMS boots, but they're they're you know tactical boots. We were all this tactical shit, like we're going to a fucking, you know, combat zone when we're going into fucking grandma's house to, you know, get her off the floor. You know, do you really need fucking combat boots to do that? Yeah. Do you really need to dress that way? Or, Or maybe we need to wear something a little more appropriate for, you know, a person practicing medicine, you know? So when... Something to think about. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole because I'm intrigued now. He, he made me intrigued. I'm going. I'm going. I didn't think about it until just now when you were talk, talking about boots, boots undone and pants, and I'm just like, huh, why the fuck are we wearing that shit anyway? But, it, but it's something to think about because, again, I, that's, that's the norm. That's the standard, right? That's just yeah. what, you know, you either wear fireman's clothes or, you know, you wear, like, the, the straight leg dicky pants. You know, or with a with a button down or a T-shirt or whatever, which I hate T-shirts, but whatever. But yeah, like you look at the origins of ambulances and they wore the, you know, the white suits, you know, the white scrub suits, you know, and where did the change? I honestly don't know. Where did the change happen that we went to all of the tactical look? Because honestly, unless you are a fucking whacker, you are not using any of the pockets that you have in your fucking <laughs> for real. like tactical cargo EMS pants that they I charge you seventy dollars for. I was Thank you say, very much. I use every one of those pockets. Thank you. Like I could see my wife. My wife uses all of her aviation pockets. They are designed for specific things. 
But like there she literally as as the the base lead had to just order uh uniforms, like new flight suits for a couple of new people coming into her base. And yeah. it's a fucking process. Like it's not just, yep, I want a size large this whatever tall flight suit. It's like, okay, well, do you want this pocket? And then they go to the provider. Yeah, I would like the radio pocket on the side. Okay, cool. Then they have to stitch that in. Okay, do you want this pocket? No, 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 I don't need that pocket. Okay, do you want this pocket? Like, it's specific to you and what you want and how you're going to use it. So you all, like, you use all of them. Right. Right. We, like, I don't utilize any of my pockets. My wallet's in there. Yeah. And my keys, my keys dangle, and I have my knife, and that's it. It's literally all I carry. I don't even have a knife. But it's like, why, why I ha- are we... I might have a pen, I have keys, and I have a wallet. Yeah. That's about it. You know? So, so yeah. yeah. Why couldn't we transition to a different look? I would still keep a... I would still keep the appropriate footwear. I don't know if it has to be big, you know, bulky EMS boots, but why can't we wear like a nice pair of Merrells? You know, like right. a nice, yeah. like a nice comfortable support, pair of black Merrells. Yeah. They're still yeah. going to protect you on a scene. They're still not going to let anything in. They're waterproof. They're fuck ton more like comfortable. Oh yeah. Why do we have to wear baits? Why do we have to wear Rockies or nine elevens or whatever? You can get a black pair of Merrells and it they look just as professional. I mean, who yeah. says you do have to wear boots? You know? But that's it. Like there are a lot of company policies that specifically well, say black leather Bitch, boots. Watch your mouth. <laughs> I was just gonna say but we um, know somebody who What says. if I plug the holes in the crocs? <laughs> They'd be waterproof. You'd still yeah, that's a good point. Yep. But that's it. Like, you know. They have their high visibility. Yep. They are, depending on what color you buy. That's right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's something to think about. I, I would actually, I would be interested to see what the masses would come up with for a different uniform. I, I think I'm going to make that into a post. Just to see what, poll. just to see what people would put out. You know, because it would like I'm I'm not wearing scrubs. I refuse to wear scrubs. Oh, they're like PJs. Nope. I, I don't I I have ne- I've worn them. I've never liked the fit of them. I wouldn't do it. However, I that like doesn't, scrubs. I feel like they're same. just so like soft and like woo, I can move wherever. That, yeah, that doesn't play a ballroom. That's true. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't wear something else, though. You know? Good good thoughts, Gerard. I like it. Well, like, like for me, like I've always the, the the couple of places that I worked that had you know they didn't wear the you know, the, the starched freaking police shirts and all that stuff, but had like you know uh, a nice looking polo with some embroidery on it. You know, yeah, you still wore people still wore the tactical stuff, but I mean, it's like uh, there's got to be something that we can dress more appropriate to the job we do. You know, yeah, is there going to be a time where you have to crawl under a fucking tractor trailer? Yeah. But that's not every fucking day. Right. You know. And that's, that so. comes down to the point of, again, 
the expectation of EMS as a culture needs to change to say, hey, you know what? Times have changed. Medicine's changed. We're not doing, you know, the fact that ambulances are still called rescue squads, we don't rescue a fucking soul. (laughs) Why are we fucking naming ourselves ABC Rescue Squad? Fuck off. You're not, you you don't, but that's it. Like, why are we stuck in the archaic times of when we started? We're not a rescue squad. We're pre-hospital medical clinicians. I mean, I was just thinking about off the top of my head, uh, one of the agents I worked as an EMT, you know, they had the more relaxed look. Uh, in fact, our shirts were green. Um, That's the, you know, we wore, we wore blue pants, um, a, a lighter shade of navy blue, not the, you know, almost black navy blue. Um, they didn't really have a boot standard, so if you wanted to wear you know, black nursing shoes, you wear that too, whatever's comfortable for you. But we had uh, extrication gear, almost like turnout gear, only not as, you know, it's not flame retardant or anything like that. Yep. But in the event we had to do that day where we crawl under, you know, a tractor trailer, yeah, it's in the back, you put it on and off you go. Yep. You know? Yeah. I mean, even just with our local fire department, I got contacted by the chief one day and was like, hey, yeah, we know that you guys don't do fire. Like my wife and I are part, but we only do medical calls. If I do four calls a year, that's a lot, but whatever. And I was going to say, you do calls? Exactly. <laughs> Jess does a lot more calls than I do. Let's put it that way. So um, he contacts us one day and was like, yeah, so we know that you guys, like we gave you gear, but we're going to take that gear back because now we have firemen that want to do fire stuff and, you know, whatever. He's like, but I'm going to get you a, uh, a different set of gear. It was almost like um, – it was almost like the wildlife, the, like the like the wildfire right. gear, in that right. it wasn't. It wasn't. It was very lightweight. It had extrication protection, but it wasn't flame retardant. And that right. if we went to a car accident, we could stop off, we could get it, and then we could still go and provide medical care at an extrication scene. That's the kind of stuff that's like perfect, yeah. perfect. Because hey. If there's no expect, if there's no rule that says you can only wear it here, psh, hey, cool. I'll show up in Dockers yeah. and then I'll throw that on for every call. I don't care. You know why not? Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it, the, just you know, the uniform thing is we kind of went off you know down this rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just one more thing that adds to that whole mindset. And it's like you know maybe that's something to look at. You know, even just the way we appear. Yeah. Needs to. Be addressed because you know? again, we we appear as that domineering alpha type of personality, and I and and again, I don't know. I think early on that was the purpose. Like we wanted to be these alpha, you know, super awesome level providers, and it's like, um, I don't think we really need to go that route. I think now it's you know. Do you really expect your nurse to walk up to your bedside and be like, I'm alpha nurse? Like, no. You want them to be soft and sweet. Male, female, doesn't matter. You want them to be soft, sweet, caring. That's the expectation. They're not walking up with a utility belt with, you know, like eight trauma shears, a fucking knife, and a fucking, you know, flashlight. And and no, it's... What do we... Yeah. Yeah. I I think looks really go a far way of bringing that expectation to our patient. You know, what are we going to provide? You know, 
Uh, I would seriously ask. I mean, you know, I, I know every system is different. You know, some people do more calls, some people do less. Some, you know, maybe there's one more prevalent type of call that, you know, requires certain stuff. But, you know, really sit and, and ask yourself, like, I did it one time. Uh, you know, when I was brand new, brand new EMT, oh, yeah, I had the fucking the trauma shears, you know, hanging out my pants and all, all the fucking the, the knife on the belt and all this shit and the flashlight. And then one day I sat and I said, when's the last time I used any of those? And the answer was zero. Mm-hmm. Because if I needed trauma shears, I, w- I was usually working in a bag, and there was a pair right there, and I would grab it. You know, uh, flashlight never, uh, unless it was like a dimly lit house that I can't remember being in. Uh, I might have pulled it out once or twice. Knife, fucking never. You know, I just never did. <laughs> I had no use for it. I'm not the one that's cutting someone's, you know, fucking, uh, you know, restraints out of a fucking overturned vehicle. I mean, the fire's in there doing that. Right. I'm waiting to receive right. the patient. You yep. know. So, How many yeah, times so are you punching I, out a window? I ended up that shit. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The window punch. Yeah, right. Why? Yeah. Never. That's not us. Right. Yeah. And you that's, know. you know, I, I made a funny post years ago, uh, you know, for the first EMS week, uh, 2020. And um, I was like, yeah, let's see. Cause I was making fun of the fact that we carry so much junk in our pockets. Mm. So I was like, unload right. your <laughs> pockets and show me what you carry. And it was unreal what yeah. people are carrying. It is unreal. And it's like, you know that half of that shit's in your ambulance, right? More like, than half. IV than start half. packs, tourniquets, this, that, the other thing. It's like, okay, the only time that I am going to sit there and go, you know what? I am going to pop on it, you know, tourniquet onto my belt or whatever is if I'm going to an active shooter situation where I know that I might actually need it. Like, otherwise... I do that. In I, fact, I've been in an active shooter and I didn't do that. You know, like, <laughs> so. that's it. But then now you're it, also going to pull yeah. it out of the ambulance before you go in. Exactly. Bingo. Exactly. In my exactly. Fuck that. You know? So, honestly, I mean, like, literally, like, and I hate, I, I hate that I've detracted us onto the whole uniform thing, but, uh, yeah, Pack I mean, head. I'll, have, I'll have, you know, maybe two or three sets of gloves that I'll stick in one pocket when I first get to work. And then that's really the only thing out of the ambulance that I put and carry on my body. The rest is in the ambulance. I, if I need it, I got it. Yeah. You I, know? I, I have one pair of gloves. So I'm in, I'm in the, the, I used to way back. I used to put gloves in like one pocket and there used to be like, pff, like eight pairs of gloves in one pocket. I don't do that anymore. I carry one pair of gloves and it's the pair of gloves that I walk out of my truck with. And that's it. I don't have any in my pocket um, solely because I have, like, in the fly car, I have to lift the back, you know, like, door. Oh, your gloves are right there. And the gloves yeah. are right there. I have to grab my minor. I have to grab my ALS bag. I grab gloves, stick them in my pocket, put them on when I get right. in the house. Yeah, yeah I did the same, same thing. Same thing when I'm in the ambulance. Yeah, when I was in a fly car, I did the same thing. I didn't carry anything. But it's, even, but it's in, like, if I'm working in the ambulance, it's the same thing. I have to go into the back to grab my monitor. I have to go in to grab my ALS bag. I might as well just grab a pair of gloves while I'm there. Boom, done. And for me, it's for me, it's more of a fact that I know that, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm absent-minded. I might grab all my shit and then walk out and go, huh, I forgot to grab gloves. Oh, well, yep. stickiness for me. <laughs> Good thing there's probably you know? some in your first name bag. <laughs> yep, there's probably some in your first in bag. Exactly. Uh, yeah, see, you don't yeah, need that. Be, I don't know. But yeah, it's that, it's that, definitely that, that, that's, that's my that's my EMT's job. It's definitely something to to look at, and I think ultimately it comes down to 
how are we positioning ourselves to create these types of providers? You know, if you if you are creating an, an environment and an a expectation of, hey, you know what? We're not going to police you. We're not going to try and chill you out. We're not going to do anything. Then you get these types of providers, you know, and, and well. like, I don't want to go too long on this episode, but in, in kind of wrap up, where do you think the start needs to be in the, you know, huge umbrella of all of the term, you know, things that we have talked about? I don't think it's one, I don't think it's one solution. I don't think it's a dozen solutions, but where can, I think it's, where can like an agency start? Or a provider. Accountability. Yeah, I, I agree. I would but put I it in there too. They need to like they to a certain extent they need to trust their providers. I will never forget I was at the building one day at one of my jobs and my boss came up and told me that I needed to put my hair in a ponytail. For any female that's had their hair in a ponytail for twelve hours, you get the worst headache. So any chance you can you take your hair out, let it go, tones drop, you put it right back up. Mm-hmm. I've never ever ever gone an EMS call with my hair down. But this day, I was sitting at the computer doing QI, and the boss came up, tapped me on the shoulder, and told me I needed to put my hair up because it was unprofessional. So to a certain extent, you need to trust your providers. Like, let me wear what I am going to need. Mm -hmm. Even if that's scrub pants for me, as long as, you know, they're not bright pink or something like that. Like, if that's the efficient way for me to work, then let me do it. Mm -hmm. I am not natural to be in these tall-ass boots. So let me find something that works for me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'd rather work in like, like you said, like a, like a short pair of hiking boot, you know, sneakers or whatever you want to call them, hiking shoes. Yep. I'd rather wear that, you know, or even nursing shoes. Uh, I, I, I've, I've had my feet in boots almost my whole life. I don't want to be in them anymore. They're not comfortable. But, no. No, they're not. They're not comfortable. You know. So, there's, yeah, I think. But I, I mean, just as far as where to start, I would start with the accountability of, of poor providers. Um, don't let them get away with it just because you need an ass in a seat. You know, try remediation. Do, you know, I'm not saying fucking just shit can everybody, but yeah, at some point, some people you can't reach. And if they're doing things over and over again that are, you know, not right, well, then you know what, man? They ain't going to get it. So yeah, and I, don't keep rewarding their bad behavior. Right. And, you know, I think accountability comes down to there are, and it's kind of goes off of your point of not allowing certain people to get away with it. I'm, I'm in the boat of there needs to be a point, a come to Jesus point in EMS where we say, okay, you know what? We're not going to deal with the lazy. We're not going to deal with the unprofessional. We're not going to deal with the uneducated. We're not going to deal with these fucking yahoos. And we're going to hold them accountable and when they continue to do it we're going to make an example out of them because i mean that, I'm, like i said i'm not that, saying that you know, shows just, that mm-hmm. proves the expectation has changed right until you make an example of those people and management actually flips the switch and says this is now the new expectation nothing changes right because if, if management doesn't go, hey, you know what? We're going to shit can Turk because he sucks and we can't remediate him. 
but then they don't do anything to change the culture. Then they just got rid of a lazy employee and who cares? But how many times have you seen like, oh, you have to get, you know, X, Y, Z task done or you're not going to be on the schedule. And then, you know, by this date and that date comes and they're like, oh, we can't take you off because, you know, we don't have anybody to fill it. Like draw the hard line and hold it. Right. You have to hold us accountable as your employees. Yep. It's not fair. Yeah. And, you know, you look at EMS as a business, right? EMS is a running business. Every single agency is its own small company, corporation, not a rescue squad, corporation. And do you really think that a business outside of EMS is going to run their business like we do? No. Right? You, maybe some of you own your own business. You volunteer on the side. You do EMS on the side because you love it. Whatever. I don't care. A mowing business, do you think runs like this? Fuck no. Do you Dude, think... I'm pretty sure the clown will fucking shit can you if you push the wrong picture of the hamburger too many times, you know? <laughs> well, that's it. Like, you know, there is no business on the face of the earth that I'm aware of that runs as idiocrity as we do. Up. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to throw a flag on that one. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Made up word. You can't buzz it. Uh, maybe that's my so new made up words and there's bad ones. That was a bad one. Yeah, whatever. Wasn't it a movie? Idiocrity? That was a movie. Idiocracy was a movie. Uh, it was a movie everybody should watch. Yeah. I knew yeah. it was something according, you know, close to that. But yeah, so it's, it's, got, just, it's got electrolytes. It's, it's just, it is a very frustrating thing because we could teach so much of this and we could use this platform and I could make videos and I could do presentations and whatever it might take. And I don't think that any of it would make any bit of a dent because the, the, the top, like the, you know, the bottom up, you're not going to change until people that have the same mindset as us start taking over all of these agencies yeah, and then hold that line right. and don't go, Oh man, running an agency is kind of really hard. And you know what? I'm going to have to work on the truck because I need to fire this person and the truck needs to run. And you know what? That's my sacrifice, but you know what? I'm going to do it this once because I really want to hire a really good person. Well, and the sad thing is, is we've known, uh, you know, somebody who, you know, actually gave a shit and really wanted to do things differently and really wanted to, you know, make a difference. But because of the fucking curmudgeons that, you know, have nowhere else to go that were above him, uh, made his life miserable. So yep. they ran him out. He basically said, fuck this. I'm not doing this no more. Yeah. And how and, do you blame uh, them? Right. You know, and, you that, and that's the fucking them. problem. You know, and, and that's it. There's, there needs to be a changing of the guard and to people that, don't look at EMS as the boys club or the Yahoo club that's just running calls, but actually a medical professional business. Again, I I cannot think of another business that runs as stupidly as we do. Yeah, you true. know, it's it's amazing and and sadly appalling. 
Yeah. And the sad really thing is, is, is if, it, if it did change, <laughs> they'd probably make more money yeah. in the long run. Fucking Maybe in the short term, you know, you're, 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 you know, you might hurt a little bit, but in the long run, I mean, yeah, you're gonna run run more like a you know like a smooth machine than uh, than this freaking you know revolving door we've got. But I've always said from day one, like the one thing that we all bitch about in EMS, like one thing that every single person in EMS will bitch about is our pay. And we don't do a fucking thing to make it better. Nope. We hurt ourselves with that. Yep. But we bitch about it a lot. Every single day. Yep. Every single shift I've ever worked on, somebody has bitched about the pay, but they're sitting there with their, you know, boots untied, shirt untucked, being an asshole to a patient, being an asshole to a facility we go to. Like, why do we deserve more money for that? Because they think we do. For and, what? And that's it. There, that's because you have a little bit of education. But that's it. Like we again, you bring up uh, pay could a be a whole other, whole other talk. But right. it, it it's all the same. It comes from the same genes. It it is all there is an expectation laid out that we are these amazing people and we do amazing things. And we take a small little itty bitty class and then we're amazing for life. And we don't need to change anything because we took that little itty bitty class that one time and now we're, we're pretty cool. So we just say, well, we deserve it. Because we do. Because Why? we're us. Right. Because, really? Well, okay, because I'm Turek, I deserve a million dollars a day. Yeah. Boom. Mm. Give it to me. Yeah. Fuck off. What are you going to tell me? Go fuck yourself. That's what you're going to tell me. So why, why is the world telling you to go fucking pound sand and not give you more pay? Because we don't deserve it. Right. Stop being a, you know, like, I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. That, <laughs> I'm, that I couldn't tell you how many times I've had the pay conversation yep. with providers. Yep. And my real attitude comes out just like it does here. <laughs> and... They're mortified because I'm like this, 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 this. Do you do all those? Well, no, then you don't deserve more pay. Right. Do those. And then maybe I'll sit there and be like, yeah, maybe I'll talk. Yeah. You know, it's just that simple. You know, literally a couple months ago, there was an agency that was like, we deserve more pay. This is the perfect opportunity to deserve more pay because of COVID. Why? Just because you took care of some sick people that you should do all the time? What does COVID make any difference? But then again, there there was again, you're the frontline warriors, right. COVID yeah. commandos yeah. and right. all that shit. Yep. You Fuck know? Off. <laughs> if anything... I gave, I, one place I actually worked at, they actually gave out these fucking pins that were like, that's a, I'm a COVID warrior. I'm like, uh, I ain't fucking wearing that. I would have literally <laughs> given it back. Literally, uh, I would have given it back. Like, I would have been dude, like, I threw no. in the fucking garbage. I was like, I ain't fucking wearing that shit. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but guess what? There were plenty of people that had it on and wore it proudly. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm a and COVID commando or yeah. whatever the fuck it said. And I was just like, yeah, no. Yeah. And I'm a go commando, but I ain't going to be a COVID commando. Sorry. And then they and then they go on, you know, social media and they're like, look right. at me and what I'm doing for the world. All right, our, our heroes, our first uh, first line heroes, and all that. I mean, I'm just saying, it, it, it's that's the kind of shit that does pump up everyone's fucking head. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it it just it's not like it. You know, you know it just came out of nowhere. I mean, that's funny. that's the kind of shit that does it. There are real heroes, and I'm going to shout out two of them. 
not namely, but I, I'm they they know if they're listening, they know what they done did. There was a local agency that were called Heroes the other day on a Facebook post. One is a, uh, both of them are veterans. I believe one of them is a Navy veteran. The other is a Army or Marine veteran. And they pulled over the ambulance to reset up a flag that had fallen. Nice. Oh, see? Right Those there. are heroes. The That's fact hero. that they just did a call are not heroes. <laughs> But the fact that they did that for somebody that they had absolutely no idea just because it's the right thing to do, that's a hero to me. So they get a shout out. Yep. 100%. Like, they they get money. 100%. Um, they deserve a million dollars for that. They deserve a million dollars for that. <laughs> Will they get it? No. But Not they deserve me. it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm deserving of a million dollars a day, so <laughs> give me a week and I'll be a $7 million nair. So you can afford $2 million for each of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and- and that's the other thing. I'm not gonna. I don't want to take away. You know, some of the things that. I mean, some things we do do. Uh, I said do do. Um, are actually. Ooh, yeah. I wouldn't go on a. I wouldn't go to the point of saying heroic, but are pretty goddamn impressive. You know, in their own right. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's times when we do some really impressive shit, and you know, you you walk away and you're like, oh, wow, that was fucking awesome. But that's it. Like, but, I don't, I don't consider, I have never once considered myself a hero for right, doing exactly. medicine. Right. Bingo. Like it, doing it's, a job that I'm getting paid for. Like, right, that's yeah. It. Like, there's I times where we, we do shit and it's like, wow, that fucking shit actually works. Holy crap. You know, right. you're, right. you're impressed by it. Like, it's really cool to see when you can evaluate somebody and, picking a treatment plan and going with that treatment plan and then seeing the treatment plan actually work. And it's like, okay, that was cool. And yeah, it was and impressive I, because I took what I knew, I applied what I knew and I learned from what I knew and everything worked out perfectly. But I don't yeah, sit there I mean, and I don't pat myself on the back and go, Hey honey, want to sleep with a hero tonight? Right. Like, <laughs> Should I wear the cape or not? Right. Like I don't do that. And, and, and I, and again, it just comes down to the expectation that we have set as a profession. It really does. Right. And I mean, I, I, like a great example. I just, it, my personal, you know, one, one of my personal examples um, is one that, uh, you know, Justin and I had done uh, with a, with a pediatric and, you know, the kid was in, you know, not so good shape when we got him and, you know, mom rode with us and I'm doing my thing in the back. He's doing his thing up front, you know, rolling with the, the lights on and doing a good job getting us there, you know, in one piece. And after the call, we was ah, okay, you know, thank God uh, that turned out okay. That was pretty, you know, pretty awesome. The kid was in better shape, you know, when, when we left him off and we got him. And then, you know, mom shows up like two weeks later and, you know, bringing cookies and pastries and like, you know, all these things oh you guys are so great and, all that. and you know i ended up talking with her and she was like oh you were just so awesome and you know you you guys are heroes and i'm just like like no i my ass was freaking puckered i literally told her, i said mm-hmm. i was actually shitting my pants <laughs> <laughs> she goes really i was like oh yeah didn't you smell it i was like go look at that ambulance you ain't gonna see the seat cushion but that's the thing and and like to you know to the public and, so, and i i don't want to you know, fault them for it because I want them to, you know, be, you know, thankful for, you know, the things that uh, that we do for them because, you know, I'm not going to tell them, you know, oh, fuck you, you know, keep your thanks. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I was a real human being. I was scared shitless, but, you know, 
we did our job and it turned out pretty cool and it worked out good. And the little kid was right there, you know, with her and we got to, you know, hang out and take a little picture with him and stuff. It was fun. And it's one of the, like my happier memories of, of doing EMS. And, uh, so stuff like that is really cool if you accept it for what it is. Yes. You yes. know, don't take it and go, ha, huh, they called me a fucking hero. I'm getting my cape right now. Right. And that's right. it. Be you know? human about it. Like so, we're all human. We only are as good as our human nature can make us. And allow us. And, you know, if we, if, you know, it's really easy to get a big head and, you know, it's at times there's going to be things that try and make that bigger, you know, and you just, and right. You just have to sit there and go, you know what? Yeah. I was just a person doing a job. Like I get uncomfortable when people tell me, thank you. Like, (laughs) like I really do. Like it's 100%. I do too. Yeah. 100% (laughs) real. Like, I like I'll be sitting in the, you know, in uniform in like a grocery store or whatever. And I'm just checking out and someone will come up to me and be like, thank you for your service. I don't know what to say to that. Truly, because so it's I, I, uncomfortable. I, I, like, I always say it's I, my pleasure. Yeah. See, like that sounds dickish see, I, to me. And, and I, somebody, somebody told me last, I last night problem. at work. Go ahead. No, I say I, I have the same, uh, same problem. And I've, I was taught a phrase by somebody else, and I use it now all the time. Oh, give it. They say thank you for your service. I say thank you, thank you for your support. Oh, that's oh, a good one. I, I'm, I'm using use that. Done. See, Done. I, I always, see, <laughs> you know? my my go to is you know, oh, you don't need to thank me, but you know, like thanks anyway. That's what I say. Like you know, you don't need to thank me, but it's my pleasure to help you. Yeah. Like, like somebody last right. night was, yeah, I, you know, I took too. care of their mom yeah. or something, and they're like, "Oh, you were amazing, thank you so much." And I was like, "It's my pleasure to take care of your mom. I'm glad yeah. everything worked out." Yeah. Goodbye. Get out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that's great too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, so, something along those lines, you know. So you don't, you're not telling them like they're stupid for thanking you. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Right. Yeah, How dare true. you say like, thank you and bring me these cookies? But seriously, <laughs> it is it is definitely a very no, uncomfortable moment. Always bring cookies. You know. Yeah. And. It, it keeps you humble, and you kind of just need to, you know, stay that way. Yeah, it, it's really easy yeah. to to fall into the expectation of we're all heroes that you know do all these amazing things, and it's like, yeah, I, okay, yeah, you keep saying that, boss man, and I'll just keep not believing it because right. we're not, but it's fine, you know. And yeah. that's that's kind of the way you have to look at it, you know. And the more people that you can convince. To think like that, I think the better off we'll be because yeah. then providers are are looking for a different expectation and not just demanding that we be treated as these amazing people that we're not really, you know. So anything, uh, uh, Kelsey, we lost her. She uh, her internet crapped out uh, like ten minutes ago, and then she had to leave. So mm-hmm. we, we can't we can't hear her final thoughts. But do you guys have any First final thoughts problems. before? I know, right? Uh, before we uh, head on out here, I think these two piggybacked was a really good discussion um, to have. So thank you, Gerard, for last uh, you know last episode, and then this one again. I, I think people needed to hear it. Yeah, and sure. and, yeah, hopefully, and, I, and hopefully, like I, said, I don't. I hope they don't take it the wrong way, like we're you know trying to shit all over their bagel or anything. I just you know it, it's it's something that we I think we all need to just take a look at and pay more attention to, you know, agreed. And, you know, I think the whole purpose of this show 
and what we do, the four of us together, is to bring light to some subjects that maybe people don't want to talk about. You know, we're, we're brave enough to sit there and speak exactly what EMS needs, you know, and not just complain about it, but offer solutions right. to it. It's one thing to sit there and moan and groan about it, but it's another thing to actually sit there and be like, why don't we do this? Right. And, yeah. and I hope, I really do hope that people that listen to this go, you know what? Those motherfuckers, they're, they're on to something. And take it and yeah. go, you know what? Even if I can't change, you know, like the profession, my profession right. or my agency or whatever, I can change myself. Right. You know, I can, as Emily would say, do better and change yourself yeah. and go forward because, you know, there's always that shining light in every agency. If, if you're that shining light, maybe other people will pick off of that. And then, you know, we all get better. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you with an old Shakespearean quote. Ooh. This, above all, to thine own self be true. Ooh, Think about yeah. it. <laughs> that gets a macho, man. You know? Hey, I don't drop Shakespeare every now and again, so nope, hey, you know, nope. take away you can get it. It was, it was, it was <laughs> before I go back to you know general awards jokes and shit. You know. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I haven't, tossed, I haven't talked about tossing a salad recently, so hey, you know. That's true. We we haven't done a prison episode in a while. <laughs> but uh, guys, we'll see you next time. Enjoy the month, and uh, thank you again for all of the support. Share all that stuff if you find it useful on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It really helps to, you know, grow everything. And, you know, just being able to share free information is is what this whole platform is uh, is built on. So if you do find something that is uh, worth your while, do share it. And uh, someone else will probably sit there and go, hey, that's fucking awesome. So till next time, guys, stay strong. I'm very grateful, Donuts. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.